This is an ABC podcast. Today is a very, very special day here at Short and Curly HQ. It's the one day every year we're allowed to bring to work our, our favourite toys, toys and games. That's right. Today's the Short and Curly Show and Tell competition. Toy trains and trucks. Dollhouses. Board games. Craft kits to make dream catches. Whatever floats your playtime boats. Even toy boats. But this year, it's more than just a special show and tell day. Yeah, this year, it's a competition. Attention all short and curly staff. We will be meeting in the cafeteria in ten minutes to announce the winner of the show and tell competition. And don't forget, there's a special secret prize for whoever wins. It's just so exciting here at work today. The prize, ooh, the prize. Not just any prize, the prize. Wait, what is the prize again this year? It's a secret prize. Oh my gosh, even better, game. On. That's right. It's a battle of the best toys and games. And where do you see my favourite toy, the amazing? Not before me. Oh. Check it out, world. Time to meet hands down the best toy ever created. My one and only Robo Renaissance. Wait, what? Did did you say Robo Random Sword? No, Carl. Robo Renaissance. That's right, a tyrannosaur, but robotic, with laser eyes and a sword. Wow, that thing is really terrifying. And it moves by itself? Yeah, because it's got the world's best AI robotic technology. The result? Destruction of all other toys and games! Okay, but don't you think it's, like, a bit of a boy's toy? Excuse me? What do you mean a boy's toy, Carl? Toys are for everyone. Yeah, but Robo Random Sword. Robo Random Sword! Sure, whatever. But, you know, it basically has everything a boy's toy would have. There's aggression, there's action, there's fighting. Its robot armour is actually painted blue. Heck yeah it is. It's all action, all adventure, all the time. Watch it burn down all those pink girly dolls over there. You just torched your colleagues' dolls. Now they'll never win. But also, you said girly dolls. So you do think that some toys are made for one specific gender then, huh, Molly? Uh, well, I'm not sure. But either way, should that stop me from playing with this supercharged dinosaur? Today on Short and Curly, what happens when we say some toys are for girls and others are for boys? And by the way, I am definitely going to win the short and curly toy competition. Hello, and today you're listening to... Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly! <laughs> oh, Rubberatosaur, stop burning that train set town. Come here, little fella. Blah, blah, blah. So, Carl, you must be feeling pretty intimidated now that you've seen the heat Roboranosaur is packing. No competing with this beast! Uh, pfft, we'll see. But before I show you my amazing favourite toy, let's have a quick thinking question. 
Remember, you can pause the show here for a moment to mull it over or to chat about it with those around you. And our question is, think of your favourite toy or game. Do you think it was designed with a particular gender in mind? And why do you think that? Hit pause now. Our Brains Trust today is from Lynham Primary School in Canberra. We asked them how they can tell if a toy has been created for a specific gender. We're brought up in a, like, a society where girls have girl stuff and boys have boy stuff. And instead of just like a nudge with girls to girl stuff and boys to boy stuff, it's like a giant push. Like boys, it's usually have like a lot of random action scenes for no, like, no reason. Girls, I'm not saying either gender likes these things, but girls, they um, basically try to make their look, their products look like really cute and nice and all that stuff. Generally, when they try to market it for either gender, um, there's really bright colours for the girls, like pink, purple, sparkles, and then for the boys, kind of dark green, dark blue and grey. You get so used to them that you look at the TV and just go, oh yeah, that's for this gender. You don't even have to listen to the ad, really. The whole, oh, this is for boys and this is for girls has simultaneously gotten a lot more defined, but it's also a little more frowned upon sometimes. I've, I've seen people say, oh, that's a boy thing, and then someone's frowned at them like, no, that's not, that's not true. I also feel like it also comes down to the age, Younger children, it's more defined than older kids. And, you know, you kind of get this mindset sometimes from your environment, because when I grew up, I remember I got, like, so many stuffed, stuffed toys, like unicorns, like puppies, like stuffed puppies and stuff. And it's like you kind of go, like, oh, so that's what I'm supposed to play with and the boys are not supposed to play with it. See, Molly, your dinosaur robot thing has all the hallmarks of a boy's toy. I guess. But also, who cares? It's the 21st century, honey. Gender is for lamos. Want to see my toy now, Molly? It's going to blow yours out of the water. Oh, for real? Does it have guns? Wait, cannons? No, even better. Ta-da! Carl, what is that? It's Moppy! It's a mop. No, it's Moppy! See, I drew a face on it. It's my favourite toy. Moppy's the best. It's filthy, and it's literally a mop. There are twigs and leaves stuck in the mop bit, and oh, okay, it kind of smells mouldy. Uh, you're just jealous. Moppy is marvellous. Actually, sometimes I even call her Marvellous Moppy. <laughs> Don't I, Moppy? So, Carl, how did you end up with an old mop for a toy? <laughs> There's a whole origin story, Molly, of course. One morning, I saw my dad mopping and I thought, that'll be me one day. So I stole the mop, added some sequins and ribbons and turned it into Moppy. My dad was actually a bit angry because he kind of needed it. Seeing your toy is actually a dank mop, I reckon Roboranosaur and I have this competition in the bag. Ignore her, Moppy. And Molly, you just haven't seen this gal in action yet. Check this out. See? Barely left a smudge. 
You're just cleaning the floor. So let me get this straight. You were bagging my Roboranosaur because it's a toy for boys, and now you're showing off your toy mop. Yeah, and your point is? It's just that a lot of cleaning and cooking toys are marketed to girls. Plus, you added sparkly ribbons and sequins to it. We all know what that means. <laughs> Come on. Marvelous Moppy, my lady of the floor, is somehow a girls-only toy because it's related to cleaning? <laughs> sure. Whatever. Stay behind the line. The Ethics Express is pulling into the station. Whoa, Matt, cool toy train. So, you're just getting around the office on a toy train all day then? Yep. And as I've been chuffing around, all I can hear is you two yap yap yapping about toys and gender. So I thought I'd pop by to have a fun little chat about gender stereotyping. Moppy, he doesn't actually know what fun is, does he? Sometimes we make big assumptions about what boys and girls are like, how they should behave, and what makes them happy. And these beliefs often make us treat boys and girls differently. Stereotypes are a bit like stick figure drawings. They have like the general shape of a person, but no person actually looks like a stick figure. Just like no person actually fits perfectly with a stereotype. When you look closely at the people around you, you might notice they're way more interesting and complex than the stereotypes about them suggest. But when it comes to toys, aren't the stereotypes kind of accurate? Most boys I knew growing up were super into cars and guns, and most of the girls were into dolls and unicorns. Yeah, but we have to ask why that's the case. Is it because boys are somehow naturally more into cars or guns or whatever? Are girls just born more interested in pretty things or toys that involve cooking or cleaning? I don't think so. But from a very early age, we all get given toys that are so-called boys' toys or girls' toys. Actually, I just remembered our Brains Trust had a few thoughts on this, specifically about when Lego... Actually, you know what, I'll just let them explain it. So I thought Lego was amazing because any gender could use it. And then they tried to come up with more ideas and then they made the Lego Friends sets, which were marketed for girls. And I think if they just kept making the normal ones, boys and girls would have played with them because they're not like targeted for a specific age group because it's basically just building stuff with little bricks. Maybe it was like this before, or maybe it's just my imagination, but I feel like when Lego Friends was created, like, actual Lego became a bit more targeted for boys. I remember that the Lego used to be just, like, colours, and then there was like, little figures, and you could put, like, longer hair on it or shorter hair on it to present a girl or a boy. And I always thought they were really cool. And then this new set of Lego came out, Friends, and I was like, I've got to have that. I have to fit in. And it was completely different. It was pink, purple, white, and all pretty. I just feel like a bit disappointed because they could have just added more things to the original Lego, so it's kind of sad. Well, that's ridiculous. Lego never even seemed like a, quote, boy toy until they released a, quote, girl version, unquote. And it's not just the companies making the toys who were the problem. 
There have been experiments done where grown-ups are sent into a room to play with a baby, and there are a bunch of different toys on the floor. Now, if the baby is dressed like a girl, adults will offer it dolls and soft toys. But if the baby is dressed like a boy, then the adults go for cars and blocks and toys like that. And the thing is, the kids do enjoy their play. After all, dolls are fun. Cars are fun, and so are dinosaurs with swords and lasers. And, and mops, mops are fun too, right? Yeah, sure, buddy. The point is, the more boys or girls get used to playing with those toys, the more likely they are to choose to play with them next time, and the more likely grown-ups are to buy them more of those toys. And all of a sudden. All of a sudden, it looks a lot like boys like cars and girls like dolls. That's it. But we made it that way. There are no natural toys for boys and girls to like. It's what we call social conditioning. When the society we live in starts to shape the things we think and enjoy. Now, I got to get this ethics train back on the rails. <sighs> you do have a tight schedule. Bye, Matt. Bye, Carl. Bye, Molly. Matt, Moppy says bye too, don't you, Moppy? Matt, Matt, wait. Say bye to Moppy, please. I need this. I need this. Say goodbye to my mop. Bye, Moppy. Hello, all short and curly staff. Just a reminder that later today. We will announce the winner of the best toy competition. It's just so exciting here at work today. Okay, game on. The prize is going to be ours, Moppy. No way. Me and Roboranosaur are going to win. But first, let's pause for another thinking question. Ah, yes. And our question is: Was there ever a toy you thought looked really fun? But you avoided playing with it or buying it because you were worried it was for another gender. Hit pause now. You know what? Our brains trust had some thoughts about this as well. Sometimes there's like a big action picture on the front, or there's a dragon or a knight in a sword wearing armor or something, and it's you can it's evidently a boy book, and so it's very hard for people to just a girl especially to pick it up and read it in front of a lot of people. There's a lot of like peer pressure, as they said, of choosing the right toy or the right book, even though everyone has different opinions and different likes and dislikes. Like you might like it, but you're worried that other people tease you about it. Yeah, it's so that you don't. fear that never actually happens because you never actually want to try just in case it does happen. And also, there I can think of a few like very boy things that girls could actually enjoy, like、um, most card games, like crazes at our school. I never see girls participating in those card games. Maybe it's just that like violent illustrations. I'm not actually sure. For my birthday once, I got like a bug catching toy, and I remember looking at it and going, "I don't want to do that. That look, that's just too boyish. I'm never going to use that." Until I went to my cousin's, and I, my mum told me to bring it, and we had the funnest time 
forever, just catching bugs, looking at them, letting them go. And yeah, it was very fun. And it shows how, what different gendered toys can do for the gender that it's not supposed to be targeted at. If you're born and like your parents decide, okay, you're gonna have this type of toys, you're probably going to grow up with just those toys. So I wonder if I was like born again, and if I just played with like girlish toys, if I would come out different, if I would be like a different person, if I would hang out with girls more than I hang out with boys. Yeah, like my life could be completely turned around if that happened, but I would never know. You know, I kind of felt the same pressure about toys, but in the opposite direction. When I was younger, all my friends who were girls were really into horses. I didn't care about horses at all, but I felt this need to be part of the horse fan club. So I read all the books and watched the TV shows like Saddle Club, and I was so bored. Whew, no yeehaw giddy up for Momo. No, or should I say nay? So you felt like you had to like certain toys because you were a girl? Yeah, but now I'm even thinking about stuff that I genuinely really liked and wondering why I liked it. When I was little, a lot of people encouraged me to like fairies and princesses, and I did. I totally loved them. Yeah, it makes sense. You did grow up to be a queen. Yes, but also I loved spies and karate. So I'd always play these games where I was a fairy spy or a karate princess. On the one hand, I was combining all these things that I loved, but on the other, would I have liked princesses if people hadn't bought me the dresses and the stickers and all the books and videos about them? Yeah, and you know what else? I was thinking about that example of the bug catcher from the Brains Trust. Bug catchers aren't obviously boys' toys. It's not like they're all blue or have dinosaurs and action figures on them. True, but it still feels like something a boy is more likely to be into. Maybe because it involves creepy crawlies or getting dirty? Yeah, the thing is, though, as someone who studied science, I can tell you that a bug catcher is one of the first ways we get into science as kids. We collect samples, we study nature, all that sort of stuff. And actually, there are still areas of science where women don't feel like they belong. And so now I'm wondering, how early does that start? Did it start with simple things like bug catchers? What's that sound? Whoa, holy guacamole! That train's coming into the station like a friggin' asteroid! Everyone step back! What are you doing driving like that? I know, sorry, I know I came in a bit hot, but this little train loves an interesting conversation. And that last brain's trust sent it into overdrive. I could barely keep it under control. Sure, the train drove like a maniac. Was it the lunatic ethicist behind the wheel? <laughs> what I found really cool about that brain's trust was that they were starting to think the way philosophers do. They were trying to understand all the different ideas that shape the way they think about and play with toys. When we're born, we're thrown into a big mishmash of different beliefs and ideas about all kinds of things. These ideas are like the air that we breathe. We take them in without even noticing. What? There are ideas hidden in the air we're breathing? What if I breathe a bad idea? That's it. I'm never breathing again. 
Is he actually gonna... Well, no, he's just gonna keep holding his breath. Okay, well, the actual point that I was trying to make is that the ideas that we're born into can really shape the kind of person that we turn out to be. So it's really important for us to understand those ideas so we can decide for ourselves whether we want to hold on to those beliefs or let them go. Carl passed out. Ah, he'll come round in a little bit. Not if we smother him. I mean, oh, that's good. <clears throat> but, um, Matt, I was also thinking, all this stuff about why we like some toys and not others, is it really that big of a deal? Sure, maybe people gave me fairy and princess toys because I'm a girl, but I really did love those toys, so is it actually that bad? So here's the thing. The other side of being encouraged to only play with or be interested in some things is that we're never given the chance to explore our interests in other areas. So a girl might not ever imagine herself as a construction worker because toy trucks and construction vehicles are seen as boys' toys. Or a boy might never think about being a stay-at-home parent because he's never played with dolls or with toy cribs. The way we play and the people we play with can really shape the kind of person that we turn out to be. <gasps> oh, I'm back. And I've just breathed in an amazing idea. Stop global warming by turning all the air conditioners on. Just make everything cold. Huh, I guess he was right. You really can breathe in a bad idea. Actually, Carl, I think you've woken up just in time for a thinking question. Uh, yay? Now, this is a tricky one, so you might want to take some time. And here we go. Do you think that the kinds of toys you enjoy, or the kinds of games you play have shaped who you play with and what you're interested in. Try to think of some examples. Hit pause now. Attention all short and curly staff. This is your ruler and overlord. And I've got some fantastic news about today's show-and-tell competition. Ah! They're announcing the winner! Come on, Moppy, we got this. The winner of this year's special prize is... Me, Kyla Slavin, Short and Curly's producer. I brought along a wonderful toy. A broken wooden car with only three wheels. It's such fun to play with. That is so unfair. She shouldn't have been allowed to enter. And she just gave herself the prize because she's the boss. Her toy isn't even that good. It's better than a mop, I guess, but still. We have a few other small prizes to announce too. The participation prize goes to executive producer Justine Kelly for her perpetual seesaw. And the team prize goes to the Brains Trust from Lynham Primary School in Canberra. Oliver, Lana... Toby, Riley and Ellie for their life-size jumping castle. I can't believe this. The ones that didn't win are all amazing. What about Perry James's golden microphone, which he used all day on the PA system? Hey, hey, Kyla, what, what was the prize? Oh, yeah, what did you win? The prize is actually pretty great. A three-day retreat 
at the world's most magical toy factory, where I get to take home whichever toys I want, free. And not to mention, at the end of the day, I inherit the whole factory. Woohoo! Wow. Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, uh, I guess we might as well play with our toys while they're here. Actually, I was just thinking a cool game could be that if your monster toy thing destroys stuff, then Moppy and I can just come in and clean it up. Ah, you do not understand what cool is, Carl, but yeah, why not? Pew, pew, pew! (laughs) We missed a spot, Moppy. Okay, everyone, now back to work. We've got a show to make. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, we want to tell you about a podcast you might like, but it's not real. Wait, what do you mean the podcast isn't real? Like it doesn't exist? No, it's not real as in it's a story. It's fiction. Uh, maybe you could have just said that. McElroy Uncovered is a fictional story series set in the quiet Australian town of... Let me guess. McElroy? That was such a good guess. It's about two 14-year-old friends who start to realise there's some really weird stuff going on in their town. And so, they investigate. It's perfect for listening to on long school holiday car trips. Or just curled up with some headphones on the couch. Absolutely. Check out McElroy Uncovered. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like it, tell everyone you know. Literally everyone. <laughs> <laughs>